Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Ascot yesterday and an incident, uh, Noel, where um, sadly uh, a horse was fatally injured and so they were blocking off uh, the chase course and the runners had to go onto the hurdles course in order to complete the race. Common sense prevailing here at Ascot yesterday? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, what can you do? These things happen. A horse, a horse got injured. And they couldn't. They couldn't go around it for safety and everything. They, they had to go onto the hurdle track. Um, and common, common sense prevailed. It was the right thing to do. Um, everyone went the same course. It didn't. It didn't um, favour anybody. Um, yeah, the writing, the writing was done and well done. Everyone and it's nice to see staff. common sense prevail when sometimes it hasn't it's not brought into practice very often. Rules are rules, and that's it. Like this is just what else were they supposed to do? Yeah, they yeah. call the race void. Yeah. There's no need to call it void. They all went the same route. It was all fine. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the point, really. That when common sense is used, the, the yeah, case only, is closed. If only we could all agree on what common sense is. I mean, that's where things fall apart when some of us start pointing in different directions. But I mean, the, I don't think this, this is going to be a source of any controversy, yeah. is it? The right. right thing was done, and it, everyone's kept safe. It, what would have happened if one of the runners had gone round? Uh, on the inside of the track and the other three, just as a, uh, a fictional thing. Stan Shepard, anyone watching Stan Shepard in the yellow and green? He was, yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah. to say what, what he thought was the right What would have happened? The other two would have got disqualified and he wouldn't have. That's what would have happened. And yeah. then what will we be doing today? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We've walked around with Stan Shepard being hailed a hero and the other three jockeys mm-hmm. with 10-day bands. But, I mean, the, the flagman was clearly trying to push the entire field around that rail, wasn't he? And so I guess when somebody who appears to be in a position of authority does that and mm. you do what he's telling you, yeah. you can't suffer because of that, can you? Yeah. Well, I think the right thing happened yesterday. Barry Garrity afterwards was actually praising uh, everybody at Ascot, all the officials, for doing the right thing uh, in that uh, race uh, at the Berkshire track yesterday. Uh, right, the next subject um, it involves uh, Sports Minister Tracy Crouch, who resigned earlier this week. A very noble decision, not something you see very often, uh, but her opposition to the delay in introducing the lower £2 stake um, for FOBTs, Chris. Uh, I guess it's something that I think she needs to be applauded for. Yeah, I mean, principled resignations are, are not common, comes up. You know, this is, unfortunately, the point where you find out that somebody's really worth their salt is the point at which they're no longer working for you, alas. Yeah. Um, but she's young enough and talented enough that I think, you know, there's every chance she'll be coming back in future governments. Yeah. Um, I think she was making it clear uh, for some time that she expected this change to be made in April. Um, and then when it finally becomes clear that it's not going to happen until October, she, she's clear that it's not going to happen until October. She, she felt that was a resignation issue. Um, and she's, she's stood by her word. And so, yeah, I think lots of people are going to respect that. You do see some people pointing the other way from her own party. I think Lawrence Robinson, Robertson, the MP for Cheltenham, was one. He was saying his understanding was it would be coming in the following year. So the fact that it's coming in October has actually been brought forward. Yeah. Um, you know, but anyway, she's... Um, for her, it was a line in the sand. Uh, her reasoning, obviously, is that uh, over a period of time, uh, you know, the, the use of FOBT machines by some people, what they call the crack cocaine of gambling, has cost lives. And she feels the delay is going to cost lives. Yeah, I think there's an awful lot of feeling that once you've made that decision to lower the stake, you know, if it's a serious issue, if people are at risk and that's why you're making this change, then you should do it right away um, and not delay as the government has opted to do and 
you know, allow the bookmakers to keep on running these machines in the way they have been so controversially. Um, but but so then, why, of course, are they, why are they allowing them? Well, you, you, you have the, the, the exchequer involved. You, know, you have the Treasury needing some income from somewhere, um, and, and then bookmakers say, you know, they need time to buffer in the change. So that's what's happened. Uh, in all honesty, a, a pat on the back for Tracy Crouch. Um, yeah. And, uh, an excellent uh, principled decision, as, uh, as Chris has said. Uh, the next subject involves uh, the horses and trading sale, where we saw uh, Richard Al Jazzy sold for a seven-figure sum this week uh, to Newcastle's Park, owned by Salah Al Hamezi. Uh, is that is that some? Are you saying, having seen the sales this uh, last few weeks, last couple of months, is there strength? Uh, in the market, or how much do the top end sales mask some the, the lower end? Yeah, the, if, if you're involved in it, when you go to buy them, they're too dear, and then when you go to sell them, they're not getting enough money. So it's it's quite baffling now. And I had both sides this week. Um, I had one horse who I thought wouldn't get a thousand pound, made nine grand. Another horse made ten and a half, and it wasn't worth five hundred quid. <laughs> And then at the same time, I had to buy a horse, uh, an older horse, and I thought I'd nick him for 12, 15 grand for the apprentices. He made yeah. 26 grand. So right through the scale, it's very hard to get a, put a figure on one. Well, it's a good thing the other two horses sold so well, so you could afford to. <laughs> um, uh, Noel, you know, looking at the sales in national hunt racing, we're seeing larger sums for horses less proven. Do you feel that there is perhaps a bubble that's going to burst one day? Well, I hope not, but... Um how do you value ours? If people want to buy it and they want to take each other on and pay for it, that's, that's a good sign. Sure, mm. they're, they're keen to be involved, and uh, it's a horse only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. And it's good that people are keen to get in. I suppose it's going a little bit like football. You know, it's, the players aren't worth that, but yeah, people they're still paying for them. So and races yeah. getting a bit. The rich are getting super rich, and if they want that two-year-old to win that, so they're going to just buy it. Hundred yeah. grand makes a difference, or two hundred grand. We're selling dreams, aren't we? And, you know, there are guys out there who are so entranced by the dream that they're willing to pay ridiculous sums of money. So uh, I guess the sport as a whole has to be kind of grateful. that That's a sign we're doing well, isn't it? Exactly. Well, we know that uh, one of the subjects that has uh, affected, perhaps, uh, prices at the sales has been our next subject that Richard has uh, specified on in his column, which is wind ops and knowing for buyers and sellers uh, the positives behind it. Richard, you just... Uh, summarise what was said in, in your column on Saturday. Yeah, I was just saying the emphasis it can have. Um, vets go to vet your horse and one says it's passed, it's wind, and the next vet says no, it hasn't. So it's a very grey area and I have huge um, respect for the veterinary practice, don't get me wrong. Um, but I've ridden horses to the start and they sound like tractors. Awful. And I would say, this horse has a wind problem. Put them in the gate, they fill their lungs up, and you grab hold of them and they don't make any noise. So there's a huge, it's not just as easy as it's got a wind pump or it doesn't. No. And then at the same time, if I buy a horse, but say they fail its vet, and I get it for 20 grand, and I said, I don't think he has a wind pump, the vet said it does. Yeah. <laughs> I would listen to a vet rather than me now, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you're getting the, probably the horse for half price. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, when you ride a horse that has a, a, a wind problem, you know, how easy is it to tell tell owners and trainers that this horse needs sorting out, you know, knowing that it, it, it affects the market value of these? I think it's got a lot easier. Um, I think years ago, 
you dare not tell the trainer after the race it has a win problem because it was a deep no and it upset them big time you probably wouldn't write it again <laughs> but um, I think it's got a lot easier I think a lot of trainers and owners are happy almost to hear if a horse has got beat now and it's got a win problem they know they, they can find improvement mm. but uh, it's, it's changed, definitely changed that yeah. way um, great excuse for a bad one yeah <laughs> it's tough it's got a win problem yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you get her a jail card but um, <laughs> No, like it, the vets, I suppose, have improved as well. The, the wind ups are better. Um, the whole thing has changed a lot. Uh, and Chris, it's now I think we, we're a few months into it now. It's kind of accepted. This is uh, a positive overall. Which the fact that the wind ups are declared that everyone's it's because the clarity having the information I think is a huge step forward. Yeah, improved openness will help us all mm. understand and go forward together. A deeper appreciation of the sport and the animal. Indeed. Well, uh, last night, I have to say, at the Breeders' Cup, there was a rather uncomfortable viewing of the finish of the Breeders' Cup Classic. It involved Christophe Sumion's ride on Thunder Snow. Rich, we were talking about it a few minutes ago or earlier today. What was your summary on what you saw of Christophe Simeon in the closing stages? Um, first of all, I'd say a huge respect for the guy. He's a world-class rider, but on this occasion, um, I didn't take kindly to it all. He used his whip excessively. The horse wasn't responding. We do have our whip rules here, and I was the first one to give out about the whip rules. Mm. But there's giving a horse a few reminders to encourage, and then it's just beating it. You know, it, I think he used his stick 18 times from the the top of the straight to the line, and without giving the horse any time to respond, there was repeated uh, lashes in a very short space of time. No, I mean, just not yeah, pretty, is it, it? it was it was bad viewing, and I don't know why. He, Christopher Sumian, but he's a brilliant jockey. You watch him ride over here, wherever he's a brilliant jockey. And I don't know why he would do that going to America. You know, when you hear a horse, if it's responding, you know, great. If it's not responding, it doesn't. You, you can hit it as much as you like. It's not going to. It's not going to work. So the horse wasn't responding. I don't know why he just kept repeating and hitting it, and um, it wasn't good viewing and. It, was, it wasn't good right. It wasn't good right. And he just got there on the yeah. line. You'd say, well, he was allowed to bend the rules a bit over there. It's different, but when you're going backwards. It's yeah, a it poor reflection in American racing. I mean, as far as I can make out, he hasn't even been sanctioned for this mm. at all. Not so much as a fine um, in a race where his horse ended up winning quite a bit of prize money. But it was shocking to me to watch it because, I mean, it, it goes against the whole theory of the whip that we sort of developed over months and years. You know, this hitting it repeatedly like that without time to respond. It can't be helpful, can it, to the horse's prospects? We were kind of used to this, though, 20 years ago. Yeah. And now we've seen things have changed and we're used to a different kind. Well, we're going to just keep this rolling because, obviously, the, net, the whip is our next subject. How much last night would that have hurt Thunder Snow, if we're entirely honest? Well, they, they, we've got tappers, or not tappers, they're um, air cushion whips, yeah. and there has been America as well. But to the eye, it didn't look well. And, and, I, and that's the, that's the dilemma that we have. We have the perception of what people watching that, even people like us who have been told, well, obviously, you guys know more about it, but we've been told that you don't get hurt, felt it, and it doesn't hurt mm -hmm. as much, perhaps, as you think it would. But there are people at home watching it who may not know, or people at home who, even, even if they do know, they're uncomfortable with what they're seeing. And that's the hardest thing about it, that we can't... It, it's, can you imagine if you're not a racing fan and you, have, you were friends of people watching the race, you know, you... I mean, how do we? How do you deal with that? Trying to educate them. I don't know. I think. I think our whip rules over here are very good now, and um, I wouldn't like to see them change any more than they are at the moment. I think. I think they're very good. I wouldn't like to be going around without a stick. Um, 
especially jumping on the show Richard's able to flat but jumping I wouldn't want to be going around without a stick um, and I think they're very good over here now and um, you know it didn't look good last night watching that but yeah I think our rules are good but you, you two weren't really whip happy jockeys I mean I mean, Richard, I know when the rules change, you, you picked up, you might be one of the first people to pick up a ban uh, when the rules yeah, change. Yeah, I, I handed my licence in because I didn't agree the way the rules were written and um, I walked away and said, I'm not writing anymore. So rules are like that. And Sumion, funny enough, on this Saturday Champions Day, went mad when he got banned. And all yeah. of a sudden, then they said, oh, they changed the rules. So that yeah. allowed me to yeah. come back and ride. Yeah. But I would have, wouldn't have wrote on the way they were. Didn't he say, I think, uh, didn't he say something about embarrassing... Or British racing should be embarrassed or something. Uh, that rings a bell, yes. Just before asking you gonna... for the taxi fare to Heathrow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks to our <laughs> great leader, Nick Luck, <laughs> 20 quid. That was a grim incident all around last night. Uh, we, we believe the whip has developed to the point where it, it doesn't hurt horses when it's professionally used yeah. by jockeys who care for the horses. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I think, the intent behind what Sumi was doing last night. Yeah. It, well, it was ugly. Following on from the chat about the whip, uh, talking about perception and effectiveness. We saw Wild Illusion proving reluctant to load up into the stalls, but then they've got the tapper, uh, mm. which got Wild Illusion to go into the stalls, no problem. How, yeah, should I we feel, have one of those over here? I feel very strongly about it. Gary Whitterford, who's the guy that gets, you see him at the start, gets the horses, the troubled horses into the stalls, and he's absolutely brilliant. And he knows more about horses than the four of us sat here together. Um, but the tapper's basically a long time. And all you have to do with it, when you have a long time in your hand behind the horse is drop your shoulder. Yeah. So all you have to do and they'll walk forward. Instead of this blindfold and pulling and dragging out of them. And then you put the horse in the stalls, first them out with a blindfold on. It hits the gate while it's blindfolded and they go bananas. Mm. But we've been constantly asking the BHA, just let us use it. You're not have to crack it or, you know what I mean? It's very easy. You drop your shoulder and they walk in. They have respect for it. But, but no, what about the perception? What about the perception? of someone standing with with the tapper trying yeah, to get I suppose it doesn't it would look any worse than people pushing a blindfolded horse into the into the stalls mm. I think it'd probably be better um, they don't hit them at it you don't have to no. wang them you get you get uh, fined if you throw a bit of the sur poly track surface <laughs> or squirt some water, water on yeah. them yeah. Those fines don't have a universal approval amongst racing professionals. Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's, that's a disconnect, isn't it, from from reality? Those horses aren't being hurt, so why are people being fined? Yeah. I mean, and you also have to think about the horses that are already in the stalls in these situations. Um, you know, when it's, it's being, being dragged out, some other horse is playing up, and they can get on edge. They can injure themselves in the stalls if they start throwing themselves around. So, it, surely, it's in everyone's interest to try and get this horse into the stalls as quickly as possible. This is, this is something that surely should be talked about. Why, why don't they... Why isn't there a discussion with you guys? Professor? Or is there a breakdown? There's a massive breakdown what? in the race between BHA and people that actually work on race. Massive. And how, how, have you guys... They don't listen. ...stepped forward and said, listen, yeah. we, we want to help? Yeah. Right, so... What's the, what's the difficulty? Chris, jump in. Why can't we get... 
the authority to speak with the professionals to come to uh, an agreement. I'm sure the BHA would say they, they do talk to racing right. professionals, but I mean, I think there, there is an impression given that they are in a bit of an ivory tower in London, just the same, and maybe there's more from the BHA side they could do to be mm. making themselves more obviously approachable. Um, should the office even be in London in the first place? You know, should they be spending, some of those executives spending most of their days in Lamborn or Newmarket, you know, uh, working closer to the ground yeah, level. They do come out and right. see what's going on in yards, but when it actually comes down to deci- rule decisions and making things happen, it's a bit different. Must be frustrating, isn't it? No, for well, you. Is, I suppose it is a little bit, but um, yeah, you just wish they probably would listen to someone like you know, Guy Whitford, who's doing it every day of the week, getting horses and stalls, and he's brilliant at it. You know, someone like him, surely should be listened to. Well. Uh, as per usual, with uh, the uh, talking points on luck on Sunday, we could keep going on for, for hours. But uh, that has been this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Cruel Dubai.